2: Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible Podcast. This is your host, Will DeWitt, and let me just say, it's been an eventful week on the podcast. On Monday, I sat down with Bears linebacker Nick Witkowski and talked about how it feels to win the NFC North. On Tuesday, we met the 49ers, and we just dropped our weekly Audible mailbag late Wednesday evening. And now it's time for our Week 16 preview show. For this week's preview, it'll just be me and my co-host, Nicholas Moriano. Man, how goes it?
0: Yeah, it's been a long week there, Will. Uh, it's a week before. Well, actually, finals week is not until after break, but it's a week before break. Everyone's turning in papers at the high school. So I've just been busy. Really, really busy, but uh, we have a preview to do. The Bears are in the playoffs, so it gives you a little bit more energy than you know, your typical week.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's good to be at week 16, and knowing there's plenty of football left ahead, usually in years past on the podcast, when we get to this point of the season, uh, we're kinda checked out wanting to wrap things up and kind of looking towards the off season. Uh so the perspective's nice. I do believe it's a very busy time of year. I'm a little bit uh you know, exhausted today myself. And then when you're prepping for the forty ers there's not a lot that kind of gets you uh, all too excited. Uh but speaking of the holidays, uh any big plans for later on this week?
0: Not really. Uh just uh, my friend's birthday is tomorrow, so I'll probably celebrate that. But for Christmas, just hang out with the family and stuff like that. What about yourself?
2: Yeah, having some family come in, uh, just kind of like how we did for Thanksgiving, so kind of low-key, keeping it with the family. Uh, Just bought our Christmas ham earlier today, so I'm very excited uh, to kind of cook that here later on over the weekend, but uh, yeah, good times ahead, Nick. For sure. And speaking of the holidays for our listeners, I am anticipating doing a giveaway or two for you guys uh, coming up here very soon, so expect the details later on here in the show, so stay tuned for that. But Nick, you ready to jump in for this? Ever-important Bears 49ers Week 16 preview? Oh, absolutely. Let's get it done. <laughs> That's pretty much how <laughs> I feel right now. I just want to get it done. All right, so for this week's preview, let's go ahead and take a look at the Bears' offense first. And I want to begin the conversation with the man that all the success kind of revolves around, and that, of course, being MT-10. After a rough outing on Sunday night against the Rams, Trubisky, he really returned to form against the Packers. Highly efficient game, 20-28, of 28, 235 yards, two touchdowns, And this week he's going to be going up against what I'm going to call a bleak secondary that gives up the third highest pass rating in the league at 103.1, the second most touchdowns with 30, and the fewest interceptions by far with only two. Now, Nick, obviously uh, the secondary doesn't pose much of a threat. They haven't really all season long. And when I was looking at this team statistically, they're very similar to the Tampa Bay. And we all know kind of what happened to that game. And of course, this is going to be a little bit different. We're going to be on the road. We already have the playoff spot secured, but still, what kind of game should we all expect from Trubisky against this 49er secondary?
0: You know, I think what you want to see from Trubisky is just another build-off of what happened last week against the Green Bay Packers, where he's able to be mobile, find you know open receivers, just throw. Uh, deliver accurate passes. And that's what I think he's going to be able to do against his 49ers secondary because you look at the guys in there and like you mentioned two interceptions all season. That I there's probably there's a bunch of players just in the league themselves that have more interceptions than this entire unit. So I'm expecting a good Another good game, just a build off, and especially towards the end of the season, we want Trubisky going into the playoffs hot. And I think this is a great opportunity opportunity for him to do that. You look at the secondary, some of the guys that I think that Mitch Trubisky should definitely target is their nickel cornerback, DJ Reed, a guy that you know struggles to stay attached to receivers and When you have a guy like Anthony Miller, who has been quiet for the past couple weeks, I think this just creates opportunities for a bunch of these receivers for the Bears that have been quiet to just have bounce-back games. So I'm expecting Trubisky to do some good things in this one. They do have some guys that can get after the quarterback, and I expect him to utilize his feet, get outside the pocket, and just extend plays like he's done all season. Absolutely. You
2: talked about having a build-off game, and I'm looking forward to the same exact things. You already kind of mentioned a few of the areas of this game that we want to kind of see continue as we reach the playoff here in just a few weeks. Um, One of mine that I'm hoping to see is for him to continue to play within the system. That's something that we saw him do very well last week. But on top of that, when things kind of uh, collapsed, he was able to kind of improvise a little bit. Um, The one play to Adam Shaheen, when there was pressure on his face, he had to roll out, and he kind of lobbed it to Adam those were places stick out to my mind, but outside of that, when uh, he has a clean pocket, for him to kind of go through his reads, play within the system, and put the ball placement uh, where we expect it to be, unlike the Rams where he missed a lot of throws high. Uh, he was very accurate against Green Bay, and his, if he can keep his accuracy up um, against the 49ers, I don't think they're going to pose much resistance against this Bears offense. But how about you? Are there any areas of Trubisky's game that you really want to kind
0: of see carry over from last week to this week and, of course, to the playoffs? You know, the one thing that I want to see carry over, and especially it was a really good play, it was actually a pass to Joshua Bellamy on their second touchdown drive of the first half where he's, just, he's in the pocket and he just throws a, a accurate pass to Joshua Bellamy where he has to extend to get it, but that's what you want to see in the pocket. Make these throws when the protection's clean, you should be able to make these throws because we've seen them at times. Footwork is, a, is an issue. But when the pocket is clean, nobody's in your face, you got to be able to deliver the ball accurately. And that's, you know, at times has been a struggle for Trubisky. So I want to see the throw that he made to like Joshua Bellamy where everything looks clean. and He's able to deliver that throw and it's accurate and it gets completed. That's why I want to see carry over because those and in the NFL, there's not a lot of gimme plays. But something like that where you have a clean pocket, there's no one coming at you and there's a receiver open. You got to make that pass. You got to complete it. So that's what I want to see Trubisky carry over. Just having almost like those guaranteed plays that work to, you know, succeed. And that's what I want to see carry over from, you know, Green Bay to this game against the 49ers. One more thing on Trubisky
2: here in week 16. I think it's officially time to kind of start looking at the season as an entirety here as a whole. And we're going to talk about this probably off and on throughout the offseason as well. But right now,
0: 2018, has he exceeded your expectations coming into the year? You know what? I wish I can go back and see what I actually had him pegged at. And I know I have his stats in front of me, 23 touchdowns, 2,814 yards. I think I had him around 26, 27 touchdowns the end of the season. So for me personally, I think seeing what he's done, in a way, yes, he's been able to take this very complicated offense and, you know, at times simplify it to where he's had some really good games. You, I never in a million years expected Trubisky to have a six-touchdown game. Let's be completely honest. I don't think anybody really did coming into this season, Mm -hmm. but he has. And there's been times where he's had, you know, those games where you wish like, man, you missed a couple of throws, the footwork's off and you're, you're questioning him. But I think for the most part, I had him somewhere around these stats, but I think just watching it overall, seeing the growth, he has exceeded my expectations because this is a very complicated offense. There's a lot of new pieces and Trubisky for the most part has handled it well. And guess what? The bears are NFC North champions and they're NFC North champions with him at quarterback. And he's definitely helped to get them there. Good
2: stuff there, Nick. I definitely agree. He's been, uh, more than anticipated this year. And, the thing is, this is an offense that Alex Smith in Kansas City, too, had a hard time grasping in his first year um, within the system. So for Trubisky to blossom like he did, um, kudos to both him and, of course, Matt Nagy for you know making it one that he can kind of grasp now, not overloading him. But I'm very excited to see what this future of this offense can hold. But still, we have this season to worry about, and there's a lot um, at store and a lot at stake. So before we look too far ahead, we'll kind of table this discussion for later. But just kind of wanted to pick your mind here as we sit here in Week 16. Now, getting back to this game, to make matters worse, well, for San Francisco, uh, they don't have much of a pass rush outside of DeForest Buckner. Um, our guest on Tuesday said that they're desperately lacking any sort of rush from their edge positions. And let's go ahead and look at Buckner first. He was all over the field against the Seahawks. He's making plays left and right. Very impressive stat line. And, Nick, when we're looking specifically at him, uh, how do you feel about his matchup against a Brian Witzman, who, which Whitsman has put together back-to-back very strong games?
0: Well, here's the thing. I'm confident in the, what the Bears are going to be able to do up front just because of how they approached Aaron Donald. Look, DeForest Buckner is a great player, but I would definitely give the edge to an Aaron Donald and just how the Bears approached it in general. It's at times it's going to be those one on one matchups. Like you said, Whitsman and maybe a Buckner. But if the Bears feel like he can cause havoc and make one of those plays that can alter a game, guess what? It's not going to be just Whitsman. It's going to be uh, Cody Whitehair. It might be Jordan Howard shipping. So I like what the Bears have done, and especially especially Harry standing, just preparing that unit up front, being able to block some of these more disruptive pass rushers in the league. So I'm not too concerned because that's one guy just like, again, we go back to that Rams game. It was one guy the Bears were able to really lock down Aaron Donald and I think they'll do similar things to DeForest Buckner. A guy that you also got to kind of worry about here is Ronald Blair. He has five and a half sacks on season, lines up on the opposite end of Buckner. A guy that at times can be disruptive, but it's not like we. the Bears have had more disruptive pass rushers come in and the Bears have been able to take care of business. So I'm not too concerned with what pass rush is coming uh, from the 49ers, and I think they'll just approach it similarly to how they approached it against the, the Rams.
2: Right. It's really nice to have the Bears off into line, isn't it? I mean, they make oh, yeah. you feel pretty comfortable each
0: and every week. For sure. And this is without Kyle Long. And, you know, he's actually, uh, I think he's going to start practicing pretty soon, which Mm -hmm. would be a huge boost for this Bears offensive line.
2: Absolutely. Can't wait to see how that kind of develops here throughout the last couple of weeks of the regular season. Uh, Looking at some of the other matchups here, the other one I have circled is uh, James Daniels uh, versus um, Eric Armstead. Um, He's the third leading tackler on the team. Uh, He has three sacks, six tackles for a loss when I'm looking at Armstead and I'm looking at Buckner, I'm looking at those as keys, of course, of keeping Trubisky clean, but also for the Bears. Any chance of establishing the run is going to be largely of how well the interior offensive line can handle these two guys, Buckner and Armstead. You know, Armstead's a little bit um, lower in terms of the potential, that uh, at least potential disruption that Buckner brings to the table, but still uh, no one to sneeze at whatsoever. Do you have anyone else? Because when I'm looking at the edge rushers um, like Solomon Thomas, uh, Cassius Marsh, I'm having a hard time really building up any sort of sweat.
0: Yeah. And a guy like Solomon Thomas, where, you know, a lot of bears fans going into last year were thinking, Hey, this might be the guy that they get. He just hasn't been a, you know, a, a, impactful player for the 49ers so you can't let a guy like that be somebody that impacts the game though that's the big thing Uh, he hasn't really done much all season and I'm not really expecting him to do much in this game but if that's like another thing that the Bears have to worry about again that creates some complications for you know the offensive line but for the most part I mean the guys that we mentioned those are the ones that they're going to be keying on and it's not really much to be completely honest.
2: It's not. And there's a reason why they've only won four games this season. And the defense as a whole, a lot of injuries, a lot of inexperience right now, especially on the back end of it. Um, but, yeah, in terms of their pass rush or even their front seven prowess, not too much there. But, you know, we're overlooking it maybe just a little bit. And you and I were talking right before we went live for this recording. You know, even if we're looking at hopefully the Bears are not because we know exactly what can happen if they do. But in terms of the matchups on paper, Uh, The Bears seem to have the advantage all the way across the board here with really any exceptions, with Buckner being the one to kind of pay attention to. But even outside of that, it's it's kind of hard to find much of anything. All right, moving on towards the Bears' targets through the air. Everybody got a piece of the pie last week. We have Robinson, Shaheen, Burton, Gabriel Cohen, Bellamy, Howard, and even Mizell ended up the game with at least one reception. And Nick, you mentioned it. Oddly enough, that does leave out Anthony Miller. Uh, He's only had one target. In his last two games, um, only uh, I think over his last three, he's only had one catch for one yard. And I know he has talent. I know he's a talented uh, rookie. Um, but for some reason, he just hasn't had many opportunities as of late. Is this anything that we should be worrying
0: about? I don't think so. It's not like he's going through a rookie slump or, or anything like that. I just think that with Matt Nagy's offense, you just don't know who's going to be the guy. And, you know, when Jordan Howard finally has his game, you know, 13 weeks into the into the season, it could be at any moment. So Anthony Miller, a guy that's extremely confident in his own abilities and what he's able to do, just didn't get the targets. And I, I don't think it's too much of an issue. Uh, I would expect in like a matchup. With this, when you have some weaker secondary players and, again, two interceptions all season, I think this is where you can utilize a good route runner like an Anthony Miller who can definitely do some damage from the slot, and that's where these 49ers uh, defensive backs have really struggled at. So this is where I expect a big bounce-back game for Anthony Miller, but I'm not too concerned of what he's done or the lack of production over the past couple weeks. He's a guy, again, that is very confident in himself, and Matt Nagy will get who he thinks is the best matchup involved for each and every week.
2: Good stuff. Now let's go ahead and look at the rest of the matchups through the year um, that we have. Now, obviously, uh, Richard Sherman may honestly be the only player that could give us much hassle this week. Um, I looked at Russell Wilson's next-gen passing chart from last week. He only had one pass that went across the line of scrimmage to the right side the entire game, which... Um, That's not something that's happened uh, each and every week with Sherman on the field, but it is something that he could uh, potentially bring to the table in terms of shutting down, cutting the field in half for Trubisky and the rest of this offense. Um, But the rest of the unit, like I've already mentioned, they're young, they're inexperienced, they're exploitable. Uh, Do you have any specific matchups that you deem favorable this week? I know you mentioned the one with uh, Anthony Miller and their uh, Nick cornerback, because again, just like with the Bears' offensive line, it does seem like any way you splice it, the Bears do have a favorable matchup.
0: Yeah, so I another one that I like uh the matchup there is Travis Moore, uh, number thirty three for the 49ers defense. Uh, I think he's the right cornerback. Just when I was watching the film of that that Seahawks game, there wasn't a lot of deep shots from the Seahawks, and they just played a very strange game offensively to where that's why, you know, the 49ers ended up winning. But a guy, again, it was in the slot where um, you know, the receiver just moved in, just able to run a little stop and go, gets behind him, is able to you know, have an easy catch. I just, I envision, you know, an Anthony Miller being able to do that really easily, or even an Anthony uh, Allen Robinson, sorry. an Allen Robinson being able to just run that stop and go and just burn these guys. So it's number 32 and number 33, easy to remember on the 49ers uh, defensive backs that those are the guys where I think the bears are looking at in, in this matchup and are going to target and look, uh, Richard Sherman, Big name, but just like you know, a couple of weeks ago against the Rams or some big name corners, they just haven't played that well this season. And Richard Sherman's one of those, uh, he wasn't targeted much, the Seahawks didn't go that way. Maybe just knowing what he's capable of, but he's definitely not the player that he once was. And, and looking at his stats right now, you know, he's he's only got four passes defended and you know, zero interceptions on the season, so it's not like he he's the Richard Sherman of old when they were playing the Legion Boom in Seattle. So that's a guy that I don't think the Bears are going to stray away from targeting just because it's Richard Sherman.
2: Right. He's giving up on the year a pass rating over 100 uh catches on 64% of the balls thrown his way like you mentioned. No interceptions on the year. I would love the Bears, if they are going to target him, to do it with an Allen Robinson. Again, Robinson, he's been heavily targeted over the last few weeks here, um, but still no touchdown since November 11th. So with both of these guys being those bigger-bodied players, um, I think that could be a really fun battle on the outside. Sherman versus Allen Robinson. It's one that definitely could turn physical, and it's one that I'm paying attention to and Sunday late evening, uh, well, late afternoon, yeah. I guess I, I saw that. And I was like, Oh yeah, it's not new. it's gonna be another late, uh, game night for us. But looking at these matchups, um, uh, uh, one that I like is really both Trey Burton and Tariq Cohen on their linebackers, Fred Warner and Elijah Lee, uh, Lee's allowing catches in 82% of the balls thrown his way in the year. He's also given up 173 yards after the catch. Um, Warner, he's allowing 260 plus yards after the catch on the year. He's the second most targeted player on the team for a reason. One, he's been the most healthy in terms of all the linebackers on this team, which is going to be a big reason of it. Um, but two, he's a very much successful in, tra- in coverage, has a hard time kind of keeping up with some uh, quicker backs out of the backfield. So, a guy like Trey Burton, too. 12 targets since Trubisky's return. I expect him to get his looks on Sunday, uh, make the most of those opportunities. And Cohen, too, um, he hasn't been utilized too much as a receiver. Um, outside that touchdown that he had last week, um, over the last two weeks, being used a little bit more as a runner, um, even though uh, the 49ers, too, does keep a note, they haven't allowed a running back to more than 45 yards receiving since week four, which is a, quite some time ago. So maybe Cohen can be the first one to kind of get over the the hill there on them. Uh, anything else that you're looking at here in terms of matchups?
0: You know, not just uh, specifically at matchups, just what the Bears should definitely do in this game because it really worked for the Seahawks is just utilizing the play action. It seems like the 49ers, when they see the play action, everybody and their grandmothers heading towards the play action fake. And then the flats were wide open all day. There was not a lot of discipline from the outside linebackers and just the, the linebackers in general when covering the flats when the Bears, or when the Bears, when the Seahawks use utilize play action. So I think that's something that they can definitely do especially if Jordan Howard, Trico, and get the running game going. Utilize that play action. Even Trubisky going on a run to the outside, that's going to be a favorable matchup for you know the Bears going in this one because it, for some reason the 49ers, they just forgot about the flats. Hopefully they do that in this game against the Bears because I know Matt Nagy is going to exploit that. Good call. All right,
2: moving toward the Bears' ground attack, Jordan Howard, he has at least 16 carries in four of his last five games, including three straight. The 49ers are the NFL's 14th ranked unit in terms of stopping the run. They allow 112 yards per game. And a fun fact, they've allowed at least one rushing score per game since their bye back in Week 11. Now, Jordan Howard, he has 237 rushing yards in his last three games. Nick, this used to be a very pointless question, but now it's one that's starting to have some merit, which is a very... Um, confirming a feeling that I finally have because we've been hoping the Bears can finally start establishing the run. What should we expect from Howard this week on the ground? I know the 49ers are a little bit more stout against the run than they are against the pass, but I still believe that they can get Jordan Howard established here on Sunday.
0: Yeah, so do I, and it's because there's not a lot of threats on that 49ers front seven, especially with stopping the run. Even though they have a pretty, you know, decent run defense, the Bears have really gotten it going as of late, and it's a perfect timing, too, because it, it had to happen at some point, and we, were, we just didn't know when, but for Jordan Howard, again, if the Bears are able to utilize that play action and have the, the, that defense guessing, that's just going to make things that much more difficult to actually defend. So Jordan Howard, again, I'm actually expecting him to do some good things. This, along with Tariq Cohen, the Bears running game in general. And I'll mix in Trubisky as well, just because if you can get to the outside in this 49ers defense, you can gain some yards for sure. But um, just wait how the guys have been pulling in the middle as well. James Downs and even Whitman at times. They have. There's been some lanes. And Jordan Howard's been able to find them, and so is Tariq Cohen. So that's what you want to see in this one against a 49ers, you know, defensive interior that doesn't have the best players. And I think that the Bears' running game will have success on Sunday. Right. Like,
2: if they can pull and trap to, you know, take out of the equation, to Forrest Buckner, the, you know, the Red Sea should just be able to part right up the middle for, you know, either running back. And you mentioned if they can get around the edge, like with a Tariq Cohen, I mean, with their inexperience and their tackling issues on defense, there really should be some, um, opportunities for Cohen if he can stay bounds, to really kind of that's always the issue um but to really can generate some of these bigger runs from the outside and even their edge guys I really do believe that our uh tackles Leno jr Bobby Massey have the huge advantage here our guest on Tuesday just talked about how out of position Solomon Thomas is um, which is of course no fault of to his own that's a coaching decision Um, But that's something that we can exploit this week. So with our bigger tackles, um, again, Adam Sheen coming back too has been a huge boost to this running game as well. Um, A great run blocker. And last week, Trey Burton himself had a great block on Jordan Howard's touchdown. So really, um, the blocking from the Bears' offensive line and, of course, how these tight ends can kind of help set the edge uh, or even uh, pull and open up a hole in the middle too is going to go a long way towards determining just how well the Bears can kind of, uh, you know, establish your running game here on Sunday against the 49ers. Is there anything else about either the Bears offense, 49ers defense that you want to kind of mention? I know we're kind of going through this a little quicker. We are one mouth short with Brandon off the show. And also it is uh, the 49ers, which again, no disrespect, just a four win team against our division winning Bears. with the playoffs ahead, I'm just kind of steamrolling through.
0: Yeah, uh, I guess just some things to take into account for the 49ers defense. They are actually the third worst defense in terms of uh going against uh having the opponents passer rating be, you know, pretty high. 103.1 is what the the average passer rating for opposing quarterbacks are when they go against this 49ers defense. So, Trubisky, we know at times has had some just some struggles, but Again, this is not a very good defense, so I, that's why I expect we both expect him to have you know a pretty good game in this one. But that that's really it. Um, there wasn't a much playmakers on this 49ers defense. That's why um, it was kind of hard just watching them. Just like all right, there's the Forest Buckner. Now who else? Right? right? I mean that. And the problem too is with all their injuries this year. There's been no
2: consistency. So when you're looking at tape from even a couple weeks ago, the whole secondary is a little bit different than it was last week. They're getting some players back, maybe, who are limited this week in practice. We have no idea who's going to play. It was a very difficult week um, in terms of figuring out who's going to be lined up against who and some of the battles. So, again, it's a little bit more up in the air. But still, no matter who's out there, they're going to be inexperienced. They're going to be young. And I you better believe that Matt Nagy is going to find a way to put them in a, uh, a situation where they need to make a decision. And then once they make a decision, we can exploit
0: um, the opposite of it. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, look what happened, you know, just look back to week four with, you know, inexperienced secondary players. That was Tampa Bay. The Bears lit them up. So if that's the same case, it could be a blowout. Who knows? But uh, that that could definitely be a possibility for this one.
2: And then my couple things, I like looking at the red zone and third down on both sides of the ball here for red zone, um, San Francisco defense ranks 25th there. They're letting touchdown 64% of the time. But the Bears on offense are in the top 10. They're ninth scoring touchdowns at about 64% of the time as well, so pretty much on par there. Bears shouldn't find too much resistance once they reach inside the 20. And on third down, uh, the 49ers actually have the 13th best third down defense. Uh, They only allow first downs on 38% of those those attempts. Um, And the Bears, we've been kind of uh, struggling there as of late. We're dropped down. We used to be in the top 10. We're now 15th in the league with a third down conversion rate of only 39%. Um, and over to the last three games, that drops to 29%. So we need to get back to the kind of converting at a higher clip before playoffs. Nick, do you have any insight on why we've been struggling? Do you think it was just, uh, if you look at the last three games, it would have been uh, Chase Daniel against the Giants, Trubisky started against the Rams, and of course, uh, last week against the Packers. Um, I know last week against Green Bay was our best down down uh, day out of all three games. Is it just... You know, happenstance with having a backup quarterback, your starter coming back against the Rams defense, and now, of course, uh, Green Bay.
0: Yeah, I think that's what it is. And look, Chase Daniel, that that game, they were just awful on third down conversions. So factor that in fact to that. And Trubisky's coming back from an injury after two weeks, and we know the game that he had against the Rams, not very good. And then you see against the Packers, that that definitely improves. So, yeah, they were top 10, and I still think their um, their stats don't reflect that because of the past three weeks that they've had. The past really... Well, the the game against the Giants and Packers, or game against the Giants and Rams, really is what took that down. I think there's still a good team that can convert on third down. Just when you have those things happen to you with a backup quarterback and a quarterback coming off injury, that's going to definitely skew those stats in a way that's you know negative. But I'm not too worried about that because Matt Nagy's been pretty good at just scheming guys open regardless of the down. Right. I
2: just would love to see them find a way to improve that, even if it's up to forty five percent, just under fifty. Um, as we reach the playoffs, because if you know Nagy can get in a groove, get a few play calls that he really likes, that Trubisky's really comfortable with as well for a few different situations, either to be a third and long, third and short, third and medium, uh, to kind of have those in your back, back pocket as we go through the playoffs, it's going to of course be uh, beneficial to our success in the postseason. And as an inexperienced postseason team, and with Nagy, if you remember last year in the playoffs with him calling plays, it's uh, it's going to be really interesting to see exactly what kind of. Uh, play call he has. And if he can get a few third down ones that he's really um, excited for and is confident in by the time we reach the playoff, this is going to do wonders um, for what the Bears can do once we reach the postseason. All right. So before we find out who has the edge, I do want to let you know about some of these giveaways because you know it it is the season. So this is what I have for you. We can actually have potentially uh, three different giveaways here. So number one, I just checked. We're about 40 reviews away from 400 on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. And I know there's Plenty of you who hasn't done so yet to review our show, let us know how you feel about it. And of course, um, everything we do, especially now throughout the transition of the show with our name, we've lost a lot of our uh, search engine rankings, our uh, podcast rankings as well due to having to change the name. So if you want to help us kind of reclaim where we were before, uh, help us reach 400 reviews. That's our goal by the end of 2018. And of course, if we reach that goal, I want to give away some NFC North championship gear. So if you're looking for either a hoodie or shirt, I'm a hat to celebrate that, uh, I'll definitely give it out to someone if we can reach 400 reviews on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. And now here on YouTube, uh, we're getting close to 5,000 subscribers. So again, same goal. By the end of 2018, if we can reach 5K, I'll also give away another set of NFC North championship gear, hoodie, hat, uh, sweater, whatever you want. Uh, we'll definitely get that for you. And if we reach both, I'll do three. I'll give away two things, NFC North gear and a free Bears jersey of choice. So help us out, reach all these goals. And if we do, uh, you could potentially not one person because I don't, that would be ridiculous odds if you want all three. Um, But we can have three different people here win some either NFC North championship gear or even a Bears jersey of your choice. So again, Um, As an independent production, um, as fans, um, and especially now after the NFL had to make us rebrand, um, we really do rely on the support of our listeners like you. We really do appreciate you guys having our backs throughout all of this. Um, So if you want to help us out just a little bit, uh, help us subscribe on uh, YouTube to reach 5K and, of course, uh, review our show to help us reach our goal of 400 by the end of the year. And we'll help you out by giving you some Bears gear as well. All right, Nick, it's time to find out who has the edge. You're up first, the Bears passing attack, and against that 49ers secondary.
0: Got to go with the Bears passing attack. There's nobody in that 49ers secondary that scares me. And when you have a guy like Greg Maben, he, he went to Iowa. I know about him. He's awful. If he gets on the field, that's a guy that you definitely have to target. So I have to definitely give it to the Bears passing attack. All right, I have the Bears pass protection versus
2: that 49ers pass rush. Again, easy advantage here for the Bears. You take out DeForest Buckner. There's not a whole lot going, especially from the edge. You have Armstead from the other side as well, but I think he has like I think I mentioned three sacks on the year. Uh, nothing overly impressive. So for me, it's a simple one. Uh, the Bears have the edge here. They have an offensive line that's been able to go up against um, defenses that are much more problematic than the 49ers without much hiccup. So I don't expect the Bears to struggle whatsoever in that regard. And Nick, I'm going to bounce it right back to you here. Uh, the Bears ground game versus that 49ers run defense, which might be the toughest battle between all three.
1: Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere, with most standard algorithm, in the order it was received. Please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com/protect. It's your future. Let's protect it.
0: Yeah, it will be a tough battle, and I think if the Bears you know, want to have success and keep this running game going, they're going to have to do it again against a better run defense like the 49ers. So I think they will have success just because of this momentum that they're kind of carrying right now with the running game. And I think Matt Nagy wants to keep that going. Obviously, that's going to help Trubisky, that play-action game moving forward. So I think the Bears actually do have the advantage, slight advantage here against that 49ers run defense.
2: Good stuff there, bud. Moving right along, it's time to figure out who's going to be our offensive X factor. And For me, I'm going to give it to Trey Burton over the middle of the field. I think this is where the Bears can really do some serious damage all game long. Um, Burton has a Great uh, mismatch on either linebacker and even some of these inexperienced safeties if they want to kind of bring them down to cover the tight end as well. And on top of that, I've mentioned Trey Burton has proven to be more than just a pass catcher. He's also been a very effective run blocker as of late. So if Trey's hitting on all cylinders, he's being a security for blanket uh, forward Trubisky. If he's opening up running lanes for Jordan Howard, if he's able to turn some of these shorter routes into some uh, yards after the catch, He's going to be a big reason why the offense gets going. So for me, I have Trey Burton being the X factor on offense. How
0: about you, Nick? So I think the X factor for this game is going to be whoever's going up against the forest Buckner. I know that's not one specific person at times. It will be one-on-one matchups, but that's the only guy in that defense that really can alter the game or like make an impactful play for me. So maybe that's Leno one play Massey, wherever Buckner's at, or even on the interior, like Witzman. So it's not one X factor. It's the guys that are going to line up and block the forest Buckner, especially in those one-on-one situations, because without him, Again, this 49ers defense isn't that talented of a unit. So that doesn't completely answer your question, but my X-Factors, whoever's blocking DeForest Buckner.
2: I think that's fair. I mean, if the X-Factor is to take him out of the equation to limit his impact to our new coin term, mitigate the damage, I mean, that makes all the sense in the world to me. All right, I'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we're at halftime. So I got to tell you a little bit about our show sponsor SeatGeek before we get back to uh, talking about the Bears defense, which, of course, has been playing at a very high level as of late. But real quick, I want to tell you about SeatGeek and just let you know, getting tickets uh, online, it just can be far too complicated with hundreds of hundreds of sites and varying levels of reliability. It's hard to know who to trust. That's why SeatGeek is the place to go. SeatGeek puts millions of tickets into one place so you can easily find the seats that you want for a price that you're willing to pay. There's nothing quite like being at a Chicago Bears game in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. And again, you know, everyone here at the Chicago Audible, we've been using SeatGeek now for uh, a few few years now, and it's by far the easiest way that we've been able to shop for tickets. We can pull out the phone, open up the app, then a few taps, um, instantly find uh, some seats to any event that we're looking for, either it be sports, concert, uh, theater as well. And SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. Plus, every purchase, it's fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Um, And of course, like I mentioned, we all have the SeatGeek apps on our phones. And uh, earlier today, I was looking, uh, a couple of the Bears playoff tickets are starting to trickle through. Um, I would wait just a little bit since they were just put on the primary market um, a few hours ago earlier today. Um, But if you're looking to go root on the Bears in the playoffs, or if you're looking at some tickets to Santa Clara, or over in uh, Minnesota as well to wrap up their regular season, Definitely check out SeatGeeks because they have plenty of amazing deals um, and tickets that will fit your budget. And the best part of all, that our listeners, they get $10 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code BEARS today. That's promo code BEARS, B-E-A-R-S, for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. All right, you're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast. I'm your host will DeWitt, and I'm joined by my guy, Nicholas Moriano. Together, we are previewing the Bears' Week 16 matchup against the 49ers, and we are now beginning our discussion on the Bears' defense that's going up against a 49ers offense that ranks 13th in yards with about 364 yards per game and 22nd in points scored at 21.5 points per game. To begin... Let's look ahead and talk about their undrafted free agent rookie quarterback, Nick Mullins. He's 3-3 three and three as a starter, and in his six games, he has over 1,700 passing yards, 10 touchdowns, to six interceptions. Um, we learned on Tuesday, uh, Mullins, he's a quote-unquote product of the system, and he doesn't have much of an arm. So even though he's been effective, he's not really blowing anybody out of the water. So Nick, what must the Bears defense do to ensure that Mullins doesn't really do the unthinkable
0: here and just pick them apart? You know, I think the big thing for the bears to have success in this game, take away their tight ends. If you take away George Kittle and you take away, uh, it is, I'm forgetting the name right now. Selleck Garrett Selleck, you take away those tight ends that have really been productive for the 49ers offense, Nick Mullins, who's he going to throw to the guy, Kendrick, uh, born born with 33 receptions. There's not a lot of guys after, uh, George Kittle that actually have a lot of product productivity. So I think if you can do that and what the, the 49ers like to do is a lot of play action we saw what the bears are able to do against a play action team like the rams you take away that running game that play action is not very effective so for the bears just do us have a similar game plan like you had against the rams taking away the running game and that takes away again the play action the bears are going to have success look nick mullins shouldn't Beat this Bears defense. There's not a lot of quarterbacks in the league that can because they are playing at an elite level. It gets a little different with Eddie Jackson not being there, but still, this is a far better defense than whatever, you know, Kyle Shanahan and that uh, 49ers offense is going to bring out there on Sunday. Right.
2: And again, uh, you mentioned the Eddie Jackson thing. We'll get to that here in just a moment, but this is a defense, regardless, uh, they just stopped uh, golf and Rodgers in back to back weeks here. So, I'm hard-pressed to find any reason to really worry about a Nick Mullins. Um, on top of him not having an arm, him being unable to make some of these intermediate throws to the you know, uh, to the boundary, he's going to really rely heavily on the middle of the field, and that's where you have a Roquan Smith, you have a Danny Trevathan, you have an Adrian Amos. It's not going to be easy for him, um, really, in any um, circumstance. And on top of that, he's not much of a scrambler. Negative uh, 14 total yards on his uh, quote-unquote 17 carries. Now, obviously, some of those are going to be tallied into the sacks that he's been on this year. But still, if you can find a way to make him beat you from the pocket and just keep the pressure on, it's a pretty easy formula to go ahead and beat Nick Mullins. Now, the entire 49ers team, um, like I mentioned with their defense, they've been decimated by injuries. Um, and again, we know all too well how they can hinder a team's potential. Uh, look at the 2016 and 2017 Bears for a perfect example of that. Um, But due to this, they don't have much firepower on offense in terms of really true playmakers at the receiver position. Um, Actually, looking at their list, uh, no wideout um, has over 500 yards on the season, and we're now 14 games in. Now, Nick, you already mentioned uh, the biggest challenge is going to be limiting Pro Bowl tight end George Kittle. um, 72 catches, 1,154 yards on the year. And you and I were talking uh, just a couple days ago about him, and you said you can talk about him all day long. So I'm just going to take a breather, um, drink a little bit of water, hand it over to you. What's your scouting report on Kittle, and what are going to be the keys for the Bears to kind of keep him in check?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So George Kittle, if you guys don't know, went to Iowa, so my alma mater. So I'm very familiar just with his game and uh, how he's able to play. This is a guy, whether he's go- he is going out for a pass, he's going right- to run some very crisp routes. He has very soft hands and is able to get, you know, uh, that 50-50 ball. We saw that last week against the Seahawks where Nick Mullins just trusts him to go up and get it and is able to do that. And you have to watch George Kittle when he's blocking. There are some times where these poor uh, you know, defenders are just – on their backside George Kittle's just driving him into the ground and you're just like waiting for the whistle to be blown because that's he doesn't stop until that happens so George Kittle he's a pro ball tight end a 1,000 yard tight end for a reason and been the security blanket for Nick Mullins because he's a great player and they love to utilize the play action seam route right down the middle and that's where the Bears linebackers have to get at their proper depths because if they don't, George kills a guy that can definitely exploit that yards after the catch get into the end zone. That is their biggest threat. If the bears can't stop that, that opens things up for the 49ers offense. But I really love the speed by the bears linebackers, Trevathan and Roquan Smith to where they're going to give him a little bit of trouble, but he's a great tight end. This will be a great matchup for whether it's the rookie Roquan Smith or the veteran and Danny Trevathan, but George Kittle can really do it all as a tight end. And he's got speed. Once he gets to the open field, He's a guy that's going to be tough to take down. So you have to game plan for George Kittle and the bears know this. That's the one guy, 72 receptions. The next closest is I think I'm looking on here, right? 33. So obviously a guy that they've been targeting all season. And that's why he is a pro bowl.
2: Right. And again, if you can uh, take him out of the equation, I don't know exactly where Mullins is going to be able to go to the ball to be really effective. And looking at the other matchups, I mean, I see a Dante Pettis and I see a Marquise Goodwin. Um, and again, they are averaging over 18 yards per catch this year, but each of them only have around 20 catches on the year. So yes, they're deep threats. Yes, they can uh, kind of take the top off of defenses as well, but Mullins doesn't have the arm to really take those deep shots. Um, and he's going to, if he does, he's potentially going to underthrow some of these balls. So that will be some ample opportunities for the Bears to come away with some interceptions, but I'm not really worried about either of them. I know that they're getting Kendrick Bourne back, who they're very high on about his long term potential, but. He, he's still no one to really, again, the Bears were able to uh, shut down L.A.'s offense, do a really good job against the Packers as well. Don't know how these guys are really going to be able to pose much of a threat outside of Eddie Jackson's absence, which I think is a perfect time to kind of get back to this. Uh, so Eddie Jackson's out with that ankle sprain. Enter Deion Bush, someone who did have a really strong uh, preseason on um, a good training camp. Um, But still, he's going to be it's not going to be the same kind of potential out there in the Bears uh, safety duo um, with a Deion Bush compared to, of course, Eddie Jackson. There's going to be a drop off. And I guess this is where I get a little bit worried in terms of um, Eddie Jackson being that great center fielder that we've had on this defense. Nick, um, do you anticipate his absence hindering
0: this defense this week? No, I don't think so. The only way that that can happen is if, like, going back to this play-action game, that because that's where it can get a safety in trouble. Just peeking in the backfield, thinking it's going to be a run. Once you hesitate for a second, you can have a speedy receiver like a Dante Pettis just go over the top and get behind the safety. That would be the bad thing to where you're going to see, you know, the laughs from Deion Bush and Eddie Jackson. But just watch at the end of that Packers game. For the most part, he kept things in front of him. There was one play where um, it was – the receiver was in between Prince Mukamara and then uh, it was Deion Bush, but it was a very 50 50 ball if Rodgers would have thrown it. But for the most part, Deion Bush did his job. So it's only with the play action that could scare me. If they're able to run the ball efficiently to where if you get caught up, you're going to get burned deep. But I think that, he knows the system. Obviously, he's played a little bit throughout the year. He had a sack against the Lions on the Thanksgiving game. He was actually in there. So we we just got to make sure that every guy knows their assignments, has that good chemistry. You know, it's just communicating. That's a big thing with everybody in the secondary. So I don't think this is the matchup because it is Nick Mullins. Is he going to actually be able to get the ball there? He doesn't have the strongest arm, like we've been talking. Doesn't have the most playmakers, and most likely the deep the the, the deep target Kittle. Going down the seam, that's the one matchup that Deion Bush is going to have to be worried about. But I'm not too worried with A. Jackson saying this one and Deion Bush replacing him.
2: All right. Any other matchups through the year here that we should pay attention to?
0: You know, I, I, we mentioned Pettis. I, he is a good route runner. I, I remember just watching him early on when, you know, the 49ers offense was somewhat healthy. Uh, Dante Pettis, he, he is a good route runner, can't get behind you at times. But that's, uh, look, limited. 20, 24 receptions, not a big uh, sample size for him. So we'll see what ends up happening. But it's just this 49ers offense, not much outside of George Kittle.
2: I think the only other thing I'll look into here would be uh, Matt Breida. And then, of course, their uh, undrafted free agent rookie running back, uh, Luke Wilson, Jr., too. Um, Combined, they have 36 catches for about a little over 300 yards on the year. And the reason I would pay attention to them would be uh, the Bears are going to bring the pass rush. And Nick Mullins doesn't have a lot of escapability um, in him. So he's going to look to get the ball out quick. And if so, it might be in the flats if we take over. Uh, the middle of the field and take away his security blanket and Kittle. So if he has to look elsewhere, it might be to the flats to either of these running backs, no matter who's lined up back there. Um, So open field tackling Um, the bears did a really good job last week against that with Williams um, after Jones went out with an injury. Uh, so if they can kind of continue that with it either being a Roquan Smith, a Danny Trevathan, um, either the edge guys as well, and the corners kind of coming up in support, as long as they can do their job, do sound open field tackling, and don't allow either Wilson or Breda to uh, make people miss getting some open space in the secondary, we should be in good shape. But still something to kind of keep in mind as we roll through this preview. All right, let's go ahead and take a look at the battle in the trenches this week. The Bears' pass rush has came up big um, you know, they did it against the Rams. They came up last week against the Packers and the front seven. Again, they're just playing very well over the last few weeks. Uh, the 49ers, they enter week 16 tied for uh, seventh, uh, allowing 44 sacks on the year. Um, the Bears are fourth in the NFL uh, with 45 sacks, only two out of first place. And I don't know about you, Nick, but I would love nothing more for the Bears to kind of claim that top spot before it's all said and done. And. Um, and this is pretty ironic. The 49ers defense um, it has a very strong interior, um, but then it has a weak edge presence. And that's just like their offensive line, too. Um, their offensive line, um, their interior guys, eh, you know, eh, but then the tackles were actually pretty sturdy. So I'm curious, uh, which matchups do you have circled here?
0: Yeah, so I'm looking at whoever's lined up over their left guard, Lincoln Tom, Tomlinson, and uh, a, number seventy-five. Sir, so when you're watching on uh, this game on Sunday, that's a guy where I was watching that Seahawks game. You know, at times just wasn't able to finish plays, finish the block. So if you are able to, you know, fight with him for a little bit, where it's with hands and using utilizing some power moves, you can actually get past number seventy-five, Lincoln Tomlinson. So that could be in any Goldman, could be in Akeem Hicks. Maybe we've seen times where Floyd in the middle, utilizing that speed. So I like that matchup in this one. And honestly, look, you can have great tackles against this bears front seven and the bears are still going to find a way to, you know, win those matches. When you have Leonard Floyd playing at the way the the level he is, and then Cleo Mack on the opposite side, I don't care how good your tackles are. It's still going to be a hell of a day to block those two.
2: Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. You talked about Tomlinson. He's given up a team high 29 pressures, four sacks and seven penalties on the year. Um, I'm looking at the interior here still. Uh, their center Weston Richburg. I um, he too has given up 29 pressures, a 20 hurries, four sacks, five penalties. Eddie Goldman has been really coming to his own over the last. I mean, all season long, but it's been more evident over the last few weeks. And if he can kind of break free, get some tackles for a loss, um, maintain his gap integrity against the run as well. And of course, if he can get instantaneous pressure right up the middle on Mullins, I mean, the play is dead in the water as soon as that happens. So. Goldman has a very favorable matchup here against Richburg, which is a, um, a very susceptible center. Uh, so for me, that's one I'm looking into. And on top of that, you already hit it, even if they have good tackles in a Staley and a McGlinchey. It's not going to be uh, pretty going up against a Leonard Floyd, who's also sending his play. And, of course, Cleo Mack week in, week out is always going to present matchup problems. But speaking of the Bears' edge position, I'm curious your thoughts about Aaron Lynch's absence um, in that rotation because – um, he's been able to be a very sturdy player in the rotation coming in, uh, making some plays, um, decent amount of tackles for a loss, getting into the backfield, bringing a little bit of extra juice um, sometimes when the Bears are kind of needing a little bit of a breather. Um, so obviously it's Isaiah Irving time. Uh, do you believe Irving's going to be up to the challenge here?
0: Yeah, I think so. The big thing with Irving, and he doesn't have to be the guy that has to go out and get sacks. That's not going to be his job. I think the big thing for Isaiah Irving, you know, being now the backup to Floyd and Mack with Lynch being out with an injury, is that he's got to be able to contain the edge. And that's a big thing for these outside linebackers. And that's what Lynch did really, really well when he was in and playing. So I think when Isaiah Irving's number is called upon and, you know, wherever they are in the game, you have to be able to contain the edge because if you let, if you can make maybe go on an inside move and allow Matt Breida, who shows that he has some elusiveness to him and will bounce things outside, you're, very susceptible for the defense to have given up a big play if that happens, so Isaiah Irving, big thing for him is just contain the edge and then allowing everybody else to corral to wherever the ball carries at. So I am confident in him he's been here for a while now, and he was asked to you know play some in some big games even last year when people were injured, so I'm confident what he's able to do in Vic Fangio's system just he can't look to be the guy that wants to go get all the sacks that's now your primary position. just just do what you're being asked of, and the sacks will come after that. But just contain the edge is a big thing for Isaiah Irving.
2: I think that mirrors the message that Danny Trevathan had on this week's Mic'd Up. You know, just do your job, nothing more. And I think that's exactly what we need to see out of, I mean, not just everybody on this defense, but like you mentioned, Irving. If he can just go out there, um, do what Vic Fangio asks of him on each and every given down. I mean, just play within his role. Don't try to do too much and expose the rest of the defense. We should be in good shape. I mean, that's the benefit of having a Leonard Floyd and a Khalil Mack ahead of him in the rotation um, he shouldn't have to go out there too often, Um, but when he does, he should be able to provide a little bit of extra energy and hopefully um do all the things that you just mentioned. Now, you just talked about Breda, and we've already talked to him a little bit, but the rushing tech as a whole, they actually do have 1,700 rushing yards as a team. Um, Their lead back, uh, like I mentioned, Breda, he has 800 yards, and he averages 5.3 yards per carry this season. And I know he's dealing with an ankle. Um, he has been all season. Um, I have him on one of my fantasy teams, so I've been kind of – Uh, Prone to keeping up with that uh, for better or for worse here. Uh, He re-aggravated it late last week, but he is practicing a little bit. Um, So if he's out there, what should we expect from him? How can we stop him?
0: Yeah, just kind of watching the the tape last week against the Seahawks. There are times where there's nothing there for him, but he's able to make something out of nothing. That's because he has that good – he has a little bounce. That's what I have in my notes. He has a little bounce in his step, being able to be elusive and avoid tacklers. So the Bears just got to be sound in their tackling with this one, uh, especially Matt Breida. I mean, obviously ankle injury is going to – we'll see how he's able to maneuver, and he wasn't on the uh, the injury report today for the 49ers, so looks like he's going to give it a go on Sunday. So they definitely have to – you know keep that in mind and they they played I don't want to say he's similar to Saquon Barkley and what, what he's able to do but being able to make people miss and just make something out of nothing that's what I kind of would uh you know relate that to so they they didn't do a very good job against Saquon Barkley so you got to make sure with Brita a guy that can make people miss say you wrap him up corral to the ball carrier like I said earlier it just finished the play because he will make something out of nothing and the Bears can't have that be something else that they have to worry about but uh, past that it's uh, I want to see and now I'm trying I'm f- missing his name. Jeff Wilson, number 41. That's a guy who's a uh, he's a uh, inconsistent, I would say. I know there's a really bad FOMO last week against the Seahawks. You want to see more of him outside on the field right. as opposed to Brita, even though he's dealing with an injury right now. But I think if they can, you know, for the most part, Corral Brita, not allow him to get outside, the Bears will have success in stopping this rush rushing attack for the 49ers.
2: And I think when we kind of wrap up the defense here as a whole, stopping the run is going to be priority number one. Because if you do that, um, they use a lot of play action, like you mentioned. So it makes that much less effective if we don't have to worry about about the run game being a true factor. Um, Would you agree that stopping the
0: run would be priority priority number one? Yeah, especially with a quarterback like Nick Mullins. He's going to want to rely on that to take a little bit of pressure off himself. So if the Bears are able to you know, take that out of the equation, you're going to you're asking Nick Mullins to go and essentially win the game against one of the top one of the top or the top defense in the league. And that's not going to equate to success for the 49ers. So absolutely stopping the run is going to be a priority for the Chicago Bears on Sunday.
2: All right. Anything else in your notes? Either Bears defense, 49ers offense that is worth mentioning heading into this matchup.
0: Not really. I mean, the Bears, uh, I'm looking at some just again, NFL matchup has a lot of great statistics. Go follow them if you don't, but they're number one in percentage of times a D gives up a first down. They're they're number one at the least amount with twenty five point five percent. So the Bears a stingy, very stingy defense. And, you know, I think they take pride in that, especially I think uh, you know, the comments by Aaron Rodgers, you know, a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. really elevated the entire play, even more of this defense. So you could thank Aaron Rodgers for the Bears defense really whooping on people now.
2: <laughs> I never thought I would say thank you, Darren Rodgers.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, that's
2: probably the one and only time I'll ever say that. Fair. Uh, the only <laughs> thing I have is uh, just keep in mind they like to use their fullback as receiver. Uh, 29 catches and 300 yards receiving on the year. Um, I looked at his name. I knew I wasn't going to be able to pronounce it, so I just put FB. So fullback, that's all I have in my notes. So just keep an eye on that fullback. Nick? Time to find out who has the edge here. Uh, You're going to begin with the Bears pass rush versus that 49ers pass protection.
0: Bears, it's all Bears pass rush. I mean, anything with this defense in that pass rush and what you have, what they have going for them right now, just how they're running stunts, how they're playing as a unit, and just when you have an Eddie Goldman be a factor in the pass rush as well good luck trying to guard, you know, whichever guy is going to show up for this game. And we know all of them are, but which one's going to make the impact play this week is what you're basically asking as bear fans, because you know, it's going to happen.
2: Right. For me, bear secondary versus the 49ers aerial attack. Again, easy one, even without Eddie Jackson, an easy one for the bears, not a lot of firepower on um, both at, um, under center. And of course on the outside, in terms of receivers, uh, George Kittle's the big one. Um, so if you stop him, Everything else should fall into place, but um, the Bears give up the lowest passer rating um, in the entire league by a huge chunk. There's a big reason for it, and yes, I know Eddie Jackson's part of the equation, but the Bears should be able to live without him for a week or two as we reach the playoffs. So for me, the Bears have the edge there, which goes back to Nick. Bears run defense, 49ers rushing attack.
0: Yeah, and, and again, this is another close one, but I think for the most part, Part, I think the Bears should have more success. I there's Matt Breida, that ankle injury. Let's see how much bounce he actually has. If he's able to, you know, put the weight on it, make the cuts, and be able to get outside, if they the Bears can stop him, like I said, there's not a lot of running backs on that team that really scare me. Breida's not even one of those guys, He he's had some success this season, but I still got to give it to the Bears rushing defense.
2: All right, time to move on to the X Factor on defense. Uh, Nick, since you said anybody. That is, of course, going against DeForest Buckner. I'm going to pull a Nick here, and I'm going to say anybody who has lined up against a George Kittle, whether it be a Roquan Smith, a Danny Trevathan, an Adrian Amos, or even Sherrick McManus in the slot if they line him up over there. So um, a whole handful of players here, but I do believe that the Bears defense, um, priority number one on top of stopping the run and in terms of through the year is going to be to stop Kittle. Um, that's going to be a lot on the linebackers, I believe, um, with a little bit of safety help and perhaps some nickel help as well for McManus. Um, but for me, uh, Roquan Smith, Danny Trevathan, if you want to take this a step further, the reason why they're running the X factor, um, they're going to have to corral these running backs in space um, with their outside runs and, of course, some quick dump-offs in the flat as well. So for me, if I had to boil it down, it would probably be the inside linebackers. How well they play will dictate just how far this Bears defense can go this week against an offense that Early has no business beating them whatsoever.
0: How about you, Nick? You know, I'm actually going to go with Deion Bush as my X factor. We don't want to have him make any mistakes, any mental lapses that will give the 49ers a big play. Even if it's a big pass interference call down the middle of the field, you definitely don't want that being the reason why this bears defense, maybe they're doing a great job, the entire drive. And then that kind of happens that can ruin, you know, momentum and just things like that. So Deion Bush, the way he plays, and we just saw last week, Sherrick McManus stepping up and playing, you know, really well and, and, in, in place for an injured Bryce Callahan, Deion Bush is going to be expected to do similar things for an injured Eddie Jackson. So Dion Bush is going to be my X factor in this one. Good stuff.
2: It's time to jump right into the prediction portion of this preview. And let's begin like we always do with our Week 16 bold prediction. Nick, I'm going to go ahead and let you bat
0: first. What's going to be your bold prediction? That's a good question because I didn't have one coming into it, but now thinking about it, and I just mentioned Dion Bush – He's not going to get an interception. It's actually going to be Adrian Amos who's going to (laughs) get an interception and a fumble recovery in this one. Uh, He has been, you know, for the most part, a little quiet this season, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. But it's a guy that if he's making plays, now you know the defense is rolling because he's not really a guy that you, I guess, account for for most most part. And it's not that that's a bad thing, but Adrian Amos, bold prediction, interception, and a fumble recovery.
2: I like it. I'm going to go on offense for me again. We talked about it earlier in the show, how Anthony Miller has been very quiet over the last few weeks. So I have a hunch he comes out of his slumber and he's going to have a 150 plus yard receiving day and two touchdowns in Santa Clara. Merry Christmas to you. (laughs) I like it. All right. MVP time, Nick.
0: Uh, Who do you got? MVP. Look, I think for the bears that have success, not even just in this game, but moving forward, I'm going to go with Mitch Trubisky. I want to see him build off that performance from the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Great game. getting, being able to use his legs and, you know, throw accurate passes and, you know, just show that he can be a guy that you can lean on. Mitch Trubisky just being able to replicate that and even more against a, you know, secondary, not very good. We mentioned it all podcast, two interceptions all season, exploit this. And that's going to be Matt Nagy as well. But MVB going to go to Mitch Trubisky.
2: For me, I'm going to go defense. It's funny how we kind of crisscross between the bold predictions here and the MVP choices. I'm going to go with Roquan Smith. He was my X-Factor or part of my X-Factor for defense for a reason. Again, he's going to be a big key of stopping Kittle and the 49ers backs both on the ground and as receivers. Um, I expect him to be flying to the football like he has all season long, making plays sideline to sideline. Um, he's a big reason why the Bears defense has been able to kind of be as effective as it's been because he can make a lot of these tackles in space um, without allowing some of these players to gain a lot of additional yardage. Um, Looking at his stats, he is only 17 tackles away from bre- breaking Brian Urlacher's rookie record um, for total tackles and there's still two games to go. And we've seen games where Smith has put up 12, 13 tackles per game. So he might have a chance to, uh, I mean, if I want to do another bold prediction, he ties it this week. Um, but still, knowing he's close to this record, you better believe he's going to be flying to the football just a step quicker to kind of get there first to make sure he wraps up the ball carrier. So for me, Roquan Smith, again, I'm a big key across the board for a lot of uh, take takeaway, a lot of what the 49ers do on offense. So for me, um, hopefully at the end of the day, it's Roquan Smith. And hopefully we can talk about him tying or breaking a record. Oh, that would be a lot of tackles for one player in a game, though, 17. All right, Nick. Final score time. Uh, just to recap our standings. Brandon is in the lead at twelve and two. You're in second at eleven three, and I'm bringing up the rear at ten and four. What do we do about
0: Brandon? Uh, we screwed up last time. Okay. Look, the Bears have a chance to be, you know, get a first round buy. They have to win this one. So we're gonna screw over Brandon, so then I can get back in the lead. So he's gonna take the 49ers this week. I'm sorry. Uh, score. Do we have to give a score prediction for Brandon as well? I don't
2: think we have to, but if you want okay. to feel free,
0: no, no, we'll just say the 49ers win. I'm sorry, Brandon. I know. And this is funny cause we do a podcast right before this and you know, having a great time with it, but it's, it's that competitive edge, you know, sure. just wanting to win. So I'm sorry, Brandon, you are unfortunately picking the 49ers this week.
2: Hopefully it doesn't turn into giants week again.
0: Yeah, I really hope not. Wait, Chase Daniel's not playing, so I think the Bears will be all right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's true. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and go first. I'll give you a minute to think about your score real quick since you had to take over for Brandon. Um, I have the Bears winning 28-21. to 21. Um, I know the 49ers do move the ball, and the Bears' defense has been doing a really great job. I just feel like going all the way to the West Coast, having it being a little bit of a later kickoff as well, because, I mean, that that's going to play into it. I don't know. It just feels like one of those classic trap games, and I don't believe—I know the Bears take it one week at a time. They're not looking ahead to the playoffs, but still. I know that they're working for that potential You know, week one buy in the playoffs. Personally, I still don't know if I want them to have that week off. I don't know if that would kill their momentum or not. Um, but it could help get some guys healthy. So that might be beneficial, but still the bears are the better team by far. That's the whole premise of this entire game preview. So I have the bears winning 28 to 21. The score is a little bit closer um, than I would like, but I think at the end of the day, uh, San Francisco, they've been playing a little bit better. They just beat two potentially playoff teams in San Francisco. And I think they even beat the Broncos a couple weeks back too. So they've been playing very well, um, at least to their standards, despite all the injuries, despite all the inexperience. So they're going to give us their all. And of course, Last year was the Robbie Gold revenge game. So who knows what kind of uh, wizardry he's going to bring to the table this weekend. Uh, so for me, bears 28, 21. What about you, Nick?
0: You know what? I'm looking at some of the games that the 49ers lost when you only scored nine points against the Buccaneers. That's a problem. You get blown out by Seattle 43 to 16. And then you somehow beat the Broncos and Seahawks that are, you know, fine for playoff, you know, the playoffs. It's just, they're inconsistent. They're very inconsistent. What's the so in home one, and away
2: versus, though? I
0: want to know. Because I looked at the see. same thing.
2: Because at home, they they do tend to play a little better.
0: Yeah, at home, uh, let's see. They got wins over the Cardinals. Or no, they got loss, loss. Okay. They beat the Raiders. Well, it's the Raiders, 34-3. <laughs> to three. Um, And then, yeah, the Broncos and Seahawks are both at home. And uh, I don't know. I think... the Look, it's going to be 27 to 10. The Bears are going to smoke them. It's not going to be that close. George Kittle'll get his touchdown, but after that, they'll find a way to shut him down. This this shouldn't be this shouldn't be a game for a team that a lot of people are saying, a lot of people and even national media guys. Lewis Ricks, a big fan of the Chicago Bears. He thinks he's they're going to be representing the NFC in the Super Bowl. You don't lose this game against the 49ers. You had that lapse against the Giants earlier in the season. But there's no Chase Daniel. It's Mitch Trubisky building off a good game. The defense playing well. I know you're missing A. Jackson. But you find a way to bury the 49ers with a Nick Mullins as quarterback. You find a way, 27-10, to 10, Bears win easily. All right, you're talking the talk, but will
2: you walk the walk? What's your confidence this week in that prediction?
0: Yeah, it's, uh, I had, man, where did I have that 10 at? I hope it was against the Giants. That would have been You ironic. had a 10 last week against the Packers. OK, there you go. So I knew what I was talking about, apparently. So uh, I will give it another 10. The Bears are going to beat the 49ers. This is not the same, you know, same Bears that we've seen countless times again. Here's another trap game. They lose it. Here's, you know, just those similar things. Those are gone. This is a whole new era for Chicago Bears football. NFC North champions. They're going to ride that wave till the end of the season. And they're playing for a potential first round buy. they're winning this game. 10 out of 10 for the confidence meter. And this should be one that we look back at it and just like, Oh, it's a brush over because it wasn't even a game. All right. I like that. I like
2: your confidence. I'm up there with you. I'm at a nine and a half. I I haven't pulled out my 10 card just yet. And I don't know if I, if I don't do it now, I don't know if I'm ever going (laughs) to do so this season, which is unfortunate, I suppose. But uh, for me, nine and a half, this is a game, you know, that good teams win teams that want to be contenders like the bears. Hope they are. Um, You see it on Twitter, you know, Publicly they're saying they're taking it one game at a time, but these players are coming out with Super Bowl aspirations. on um, one some of their tweets, like Anthony Miller said it, Danny Trevathan's talking about Atlanta. I mean, they're looking as that being the next kind of, you know, milestone, the next goal. So if they want to be contenders, you find a way to win this game. You don't find a way for the forty ers to beat you. Um, regardless if you're on the road where the Bears are three and three on the year. Even if they're you know, there's There's the first round bye to play for. But outside of that, the playoffs all locked up. So there isn't too much at stake right now. But yeah, like you said, Nick, the Bears are the better team all the way across the board. I guess my half goes away with Eddie Jackson because of how big of a difference maker that he's been all season long. But still, the 49ers don't scare me. I know they don't scare you. Um, hopefully the Bears aren't feeling the same kind of um that we're feeling towards this game, because if they do, we're going to be in trouble. <laughs> but yeah, the Bears are a very good team where the 49ers are still in that team mode where they're uh, rebuilding and they don't even have their playmakers like a Jimmy Garoppolo out there to even give them much of a fighting chance. So for me, nine and a half. Uh, again, we should be talking about a Bears victory on Sunday afternoon. All right, well, that's going to do it for this episode. I want to thank everybody who tuned in to the live recording and, of course, to our thousands of podcast listeners worldwide. All of us at the Chicago Audible really do appreciate the ongoing support from you. Uh, Without your support, we honestly would not be here, so thank you so much. Up next will be our weekly five matchups and three keys of the game. And remember, help us reach our goal of 400 reviews on iTunes and Apple Podcasts and, of course, reaching 5,000 subscribers on YouTube and once we reach those goals, if we can do it before the first of the first of the year, we'll be doing one of our Pentaton or one of our famous giveaways, uh, like we do. We like to give back to you since you give us some time and, of course, the feedback on the reviews and, of course, the subscriptions. But until then, I really do hope that you do take some time to enjoy this holiday season with uh, your family, your friends, and, of course, bear down Chicago. Bear down, bear, bear, bear.